And welcome back to Cat's Cast, the number one podcast for Andrew Lloyd Webber's magnum opus, <laughs> Cats, which I saw over the weekend uh, for the first time live. Now, longtime listeners of Western Kabuki will know that um, I, I am a deep fan of Cats, um, unless... Uh, better heads have prevailed and it's all been edited out well guess what this is the intro and it's not getting edited out <laughs> wax saw cats this weekend and it changed my life i'm a different man now so you guys will all refer to me now as mungo jerry and joined by my own personal rumble teaser is caleb at the bird respecter caleb how are we doing fantastic that's god damned right and you guys heard his voice caleb can we hear it again fantastic check check so you're not gonna you're not gonna get us you're not gonna get us confused and 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 oh that's right we've yeah. heard your we've heard your cries we've heard them and you're not gonna get us confused because the brilliant beautiful and lovely glamour cat grizabella juniper how we doing grizabella i'm doing great <laughs> hell yes benjamin we are Hello. joined by ben hi Fuck, I didn't ask. Ben, how do you want to be introduced? We're going to ask you now. Put it on the recording. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever, however you want to introduce me. Benjamin is great. Uh, it's very very maternal vibes. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a reporter at NBC News. Senior uh, reporter? Is it senior senior journalist, senior editor? What senior is reporter, title? yeah. That's senior reporter at NBC News. Ben, Ben, how we doing? Wonderful, and uh, I've never actually seen cats, but I've I've read the Wikipedia page, and it's uh, it seems uh, not real. <laughs> I've got to say, I've got to say about cats um, that the Wikipedia page I think is a really important place for all of us to start. If you read the Wikipedia <laughs> page for cats, and then you read the Wikipedia page for T. S. Eliot's poems for practical cats that the uh, <laughs> musical cats is based off of uh, i think we'll all get a pretty good baseline to sort of start talking about the christ allegory and the <laughs> uh and the classism element so first i want to talk about buster for jones because he's a a delicate balance between class and that sort of every man of being like an overweight uh cat he's a, he's a 25 pounder though as we all know he is a bounder and I, I, I really want to sort of get into Bustopher first, and that'll bring us into Rum Tum Tugger, and then we can sort of talk about some of those ancillary cats. We're talking Skimble Shanks. We're talking Tumble Brutus. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're not going to talk about cats, but I did see... <laughs> you had me I worried for a second. I was like, sure, I really I was like, uh, <laughs> did I miss something? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw Cats this weekend, and I really want it known how much I love Cats. Um, it started as ironic, but as all things that do, it's no longer ironic. Um, it's uh, it's brilliant. And and my wife, who's a big musical person, we left on Saturday to go see a matinee at the uh, Philadelphia uh, Miller the Miller Theater in Philadelphia. And um, yeah, my wife left, and she's like, I, I don't know how to say this, but I think it is. Andrew Lloyd Webber's best play, better than Phantom of the Opera, better than just okay. the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, better than Let's Jesus not Christ Superstar. Of, let's not get out of hand here. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera uh, was the soundtrack that my mom used to put on her on the tape deck on her shitty old truck when she drove us to school. So I, yeah. When my mom that, did that, it was Rent. Ooh, that's a good one too. So that's the big parents, difference. Yeah, that's I the big difference between. Well. 
Yeah, that's the big difference between me and Bird Respector is that... Uh, <laughs> now you'll be able to tell our voices apart, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hey, his mom is the one who played the nice musical, and my mom is the one who got high on meth and lost vir- or lost her virginity to her own physics teacher. So you can oh, sort Jesus. of see the... <laughs> All right, Damn, so okay. we aren't we aren't here to talk about cats or my mother's virginity. We Wait, are here can, to talk. Can, can we talk about cassette tapes in like old Dodge Caravans? Because I have several stories. Basically, let's go. Oh let's yeah, let's go. go. Yeah, and if you want to talk cats too, that's up to you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I simply don't know enough. All I remember, uh, Bombo Arena. Is that? The, <laughs> I heard some. Great yeah, look at this life. guy. Look at this guy <laughs> knowing Bombo Arena. She's not in the musical, so that's a real deep cut, bro. Just throw it down. Throw it down. I, did, I think I used it as like a fake screen name. <laughs> That's all. It, um, oh right, uh, cassette tapes. First of all, my 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 mom's Dodge Caravan, which is like the shittiest car that was ever purchased by anyone, um, came with a cassette tape that had like Michael Jackson songs on it. And I kept thinking, like, oh, this is like a quarter of the cost of the car. Second, secondly, uh, more importantly, my uncle once a very nice man. Uh, he was like in a deep. Um, uh, he, he was a deeply like cartoonishly alcoholic when I was very young. It was very sad. Um, uh, rest in peace. But he did the sweetest thing a person has ever done for me. He was, he was completely broke. And uh, at four years old, I believe, he took Green Day's Dookie and tried to bleep out all the swears in it with like five seconds of silence. Just um, America's sweetest thing that anyone has ever done. Uh, for somebody who was four years old, and it was really good. There were still uh, things still slipped through, but that's the, um, that was the American like like Dodge Caravan uh, tape culture that we all lived in. And now we just yeah. steal 100 gags from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah for those of battling. you, the for those of you that were born uh, in a year beginning with a two, first of all. I'm not sorry for what I said about Shrek. Shrek is bad. <laughs> that's number one. Number two. <laughs> Uh, music used to be quite expensive. It used to cost a lot of money to own music. So when Ben says he could not afford the tape, that is because the tape was an exorbitantly expensive product to yes. own. So and I didn't grow would... up during tapes. Like how how much how much were tapes back then? About the same. I bet I would say they were like what thirteen bucks, and CDs were like seventeen. Right? So if it was a if it was a Michael Jackson, it would be thirteen, like mass produced type of stuff. But yeah, like, yeah, if you wanted be... to get like, I mean, literally like even Nirvana and you guys might think of Nirvana as being like the biggest band ever, but buying a Nirvana tape in 2001, yes, we had tapes in 2001, buying <laughs> a Nirvana tape in 2001 could have run you like 50 bucks. Jesus. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, and they were just mm. like ridiculous technology. You couldn't like skip through. You didn't really know which song you were on. You would just press that forward <laughs> for a while. And then your fucking tape player would break and there was nothing doing for it. You would need a yeah, professional was, to service that machine. It was completely stupid. I'm glad that I, we had to explain cassette tapes and cats. At the <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Western Kabuki. And I got to say about, about the very philosophy of Western Kabuki, we haven't really like... We haven't really like nailed it since phase two, but for those of you who aren't familiar, Western Kabuki is a notion that is sort of adopted by Nicolas Cage as an actor. And the idea is a celebration of the ridiculous while also trying your best. 
And I really can't think of a better distillation of that philosophy than the musical Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> and I, I'm very enthused. Yeah, you hate Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is this? This is inconsistent. I'm going to debate right. bro you about this. All right, I'm going to talk about Shrek. I'll talk about Shrek. No, no, no. I'll talk about Shrek. Oh, we'll have, quick. A, we'll, we'll we'll have a Shrek debate. Uh, well, yeah. Um, the only thing I don't like about Shrek is it's not as good as this. So this post was like, you got to pick one and the other ones are gone forever. Yeah. And I hate those some, posts, by the way. I, I, I hate them it's too. It's always guy, a trap. It's always a trap. A guy I really like. So it was four like franchises of animated movies. And it was Toy Story, Kung Fu Panda, The Lego Movie, and Shrek. And a friend of mine online, and I, I respect his opinion. I don't hate him for saying this, but he said, imagine picking the Lego movie. <laughs> and I was like, the Lego movie. My first thought was the Lego movie is better than Kung Fu Panda. My second thought was Kung Fu Panda is legitimately better than Shrek. Mm. And I was like, the Zoomers are going to lose their goddamn <laughs> minds if I insult Shrek. So I will do it. And I did it. <laughs> and so I retweeted the guy who said, imagine keeping the Lego movie. And then I tweeted, imagine keeping Shrek. <laughs> and all these people are like, uh, Shrek told me I was trans and that it was okay to be different. <laughs> and I was Shrek like, Shrek clears. Shrek clears. <laughs> Shrek clears Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah, you say that. You say that. But watch the first Shrek movie count the number of jokes and then subtract the number of fart jokes and the number of musical scenes and yeah, tell I'll, me how fucking it. funny that movie is i'll rewatch it i'll rewatch it anyway sometime. ben ben we're here to talk about donald trump and he wasn't <laughs> arrested today so i gotta ask ben why didn't you not arrest him first of all really good question. really good <laughs> uh He's far away, first of all. Uh, that's number one thing. Um, no, I mean, we are all, I, we've, we've all taken his word for it that he's going to get arrested. <laughs> like, that's, that's what's happening. Every member of the media that I've ever met is down at Manhattan Criminal Court waiting for him to get perp walked. And it's just because, like, on Truth Social this weekend, he was like, getting arrested on Tuesday. And that was, that's the amount of information <laughs> have so far um and it's uh right now it's wednesday uh, as we're taping this so i it's it, i don't know exactly where this is headed um allegedly the grand jury is is reconvening on thursday uh and that Tomorrow. might reduce charges they're supposed like, to meet today but we don't know why they didn't yeah we we have we don't know why they didn't we're um, gonna say because i don't know when we can get this out we're recording this on wednesday, wednesday evening yeah. at wednesday night, nine yeah. o'clock nine o'clock on eastern time so if he gets arrested while we're recording this we may miss that and so we're we apologize <laughs> oh no i'm f5 and twitter <laughs> <laughs> the world will know, will know instantly if he gets arrested yeah. there yeah um but no you're so right about that like we he posted about it like when has he ever said anything truthful why did we just yeah, completely exactly. believe him <laughs> like right away i think yeah, we I just think all wanted it so bad i mean it's so funny yeah. to think about i think everyone assumed that he had like cut some sort of deal or his lawyers were like well if you don't you know if, if he'll surrender if he does this thing or whatever but it may have just been him just saying that <laughs> like at the end of the day it may have just been, been him was like yeah, i guess this sounds like about right to me because news had already broken earlier in the week that he was it was soon. Something was going to happen probably this week at some point. 
Uh, and he may have just been guessing. Like, we don't know. We have no idea. We are, once again, we've, we've fallen into the trap of just being like, yes, it sounds great. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Perfect. Um, so we will, uh, we're just still kind of waiting on pins and needles. And when I was down there, I went, I went to Manhattan Criminal Court yesterday to um, see this protest that was. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Tell us about, about that. Yeah. I would love was, to hear about that. Yeah. It was, it was the <laughs> New York Young Republicans Club. Um, and there, everyone is very hyped up about this right now. Um, in the news media, they're trying to figure out where the protests are and where all these things are happening. Um, so early in the day, I started to see flyers going around Telegram from uh, from that club, and you had to sign up for an email list to even get the location of the thing. Um, and no one was doing it. Everyone knew that email list was it was just you're just going to get weird like boner pill ads for the rest of your life. <laughs> so um, eventually, I would say maybe an hour before. Um, the actual rally started. They send they send it, and it's exactly where you think it is. It's directly across the street from Manhattan Criminal Court at this place called Collect Pond Park. So I show up there, and, and when I get there, there's a good amount of press and like a dozen people. A man, there's a man putting on a rat costume. He's like getting ready to put it on. <laughs> I um, saw a rat says, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It says Democrats, rhinos, criminals. But rhino is spelled like the animal, not like Republican in name only. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's so, so with the so with the age it's republican heathens in name you only go. they're nice. you know oh, they're, i like that that's good. <laughs> um uh yeah so that that's that was the vibe there was a guy next to him with a hank fauci guitar um oh, like awesome. kept walking around um and uh it was just, it was nothing. It was literally nothing. I went down there and even I expected there to be maybe, you know, at least three dozen people. And it wasn't that. Um, so I was just down there waiting for something to pop off. And I think the whole media was too. And uh, <laughs> they're just afraid, you know, Trump supporters right now are really, um, they're afraid twofold, right? They think that they still think that January 6th was the trap by the feds. Um, and that it didn't either didn't really happen or the people who went in there were sort of egged on by Antifa to like um, defecate in the hallway. I actually don't really know how that works, um, <laughs> but that's that's what they think for that. And they're also they also still kind of think a lot of a lot of people who are Trump fans still kind of think New York City is on fire. Oh, yeah, from, they're terrified of it. They're very, very scared of the idea of going into a city because they think you're just like constantly. They think it's like they live. I think you're walking around like in the <laughs> Roddy Piper in the background. And it's just not uh, the case. So that's, that's my favorite type of uh, post from right wingers where they're like the libs cry about everything. And then like their next post is like a picture of Chicago and them just like crying about <laughs> like people just being outside. <laughs> like th- those that, are my favorite types of people. Did you see that post this week of the guy who saw a bunch of he thought was hypodermic? Yes. <laughs> yes. One of the best. Oh posts my God. Quite a while. It was gel. We, shots. So yeah. Ben, yeah. we are working yeah. on, and this may be, this very well may be our next episode, but we are working on a, so people did it last year. Uh, like the worst posts on Twitter of the year. 
Um, mm. But we are doing a worst posts by quarter, and the month of March is almost done. So we should think about <laughs> March uh, has been yeah. busy, by the way. It <laughs> the whole three months of the past three, like January first, there were like six posts that is like this person is totally disconnected from reality, but normal <laughs> people are too excited to hang out with their families. So they see this is see. this is the the best part about Twitter though is there are just some of the the wildest people you could ever imagine. Like you can't even imagine these people you can't they just appear they're here yeah you cannot guess you can't be like the problem is nobody gets that sort of balance of like schizo with sincerity (laughs) correct you know they're like well what about the babies in the underground bases and it's like no 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 they don't they don't introduce the what about the babies and the underground bases in the same post (laughs) yeah so more children come later yeah. <laughs> so it's like a it, it it's a craft. It's a it's it's a building. And no one gets it except for those guys. And that's why we have to let them do it and then ridicule them. Because trying to guess what they're going to do, we can't. We can say, you know, whatever crazy shit we want that 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 like literally whatever that Reba McIntyre has replaced Donald Trump and that she is going to be the next president. And a significant portion of this country will vote for Donald Trump believing they are voting for Reba McIntyre. <laughs> it's the beauty of the modern world, isn't it? It is. But going back to the uh, <laughs> the whole Antifa being the the real people that did the January sixth, I saw a bunch of my um, right wing family um, like about a month ago now. I, like both sides of my family, like one side is like really conservative, and the other side is like generally more like liberal. And I see the like more liberal side more often just because they're close by but my conservative family i saw and politics came up and i i asked them what they thought about trump running again and pretty much the only person that is like all on board which i find interesting um all on board with trump um is my dad um pretty much everyone else that did vote for trump is like nah nah like january 6th was bad like it was a bad look for us uh I hope Ron DeSantis runs. So it's like kind of interesting. Yeah. I think think what's really interesting, and I keep trying to stress this, is that there is a kind of extremely online that exists with conservatives where they're so online, they literally don't see the outside world, right? They're they're like in their own fandom sphere and they don't see outside of it. And like the the January 6th alternative universe is part of that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Where... You know, Ray Epps, they have this guy named Ray Epps who they believe is an ex-FBI informant. Yeah, I'm a big Ray personally, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> told 10,000 people or whatever, however many people were there to, you know, to go from the ellipse down to uh, the Capitol. Um, and that's it. That's it. That explains the whole thing. One man um, <laughs> was like, go down there and just, you know, uh, you know, ransack Nancy Pelosi's office and uh you know try to capture and kill mike pence I, imagine like, your whole entire defense for that being like well sir an older boy told me to do it like what <laughs> like what, you you just like are completely impervious to critical thought and you just did what some random person yelled at you to do like that's your defense it's amazing yeah, that is the defense actually that's literally what like that's what they decided on and some people they're like they live in this duality where they're like we're proud of this we're proud that we did it but also, uh, Antifa man told me to do it. The Antifa <laughs> super soldier. 
uh, who's dressed up like a mech warrior came over and <laughs> and that that's been the funny thing is... <laughs> <laughs> just because you know how I think Tucker Carlson uh, did this whole like actually January 6th wasn't that bad and it's been it's been funny watching people kind of turn around and be like actually everyone at January 6th was okay and everything was like all above board and no one didn't no one did anything wrong it's like I, the fact that they can just like completely I don't know change the tune that fast is really funny to me I didn't really look into the footage that Tucker aired or anything I didn't really care um, heavily doctored, but, but oh, I'm sure. But just watching that discourse play out on the right, because I love watching right wing discourse. It's it's really funny to me, um, and that that in particular was really funny. Like two leading the way, uh, being like actually <laughs> January sixth. Yeah, yeah, January sixth was actually based. Now, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it reminds me of that. Um, do you remember that Onion Counterpoint? Weirdly enough, this is this was written twenty years ago on Sunday. There is a onion oh uh, point counterpoint, and the, the yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I remember is this. About it's about the Iraq War. This war will destabilize the entire Middle East region and set off a global yeah, shockwave yes. of anti-Americanism. Versus, <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> yes, one of the dude. best onion articles yeah. of all time. <laughs> a classic. And, and a basically, classic. that's where we're at with this. It's just like. This thing that you saw with your own eyes when you turned on TV that day actually happened. Versus, no, no, it didn't. We, <laughs> we never. And that's that's really that's really what it's come down to at this point. Just like they're just hoping you just forget about it. And they, you know, we might. It's America. <laughs> we might do that. Okay, so I want to roll right into I want to roll right into a, a a question here for you, Ben. And I'm just kind of curious. So I've been sort of watching, not closely, but been watching Trump's truth social what do you think about like like just as a guy who working for nbc news and and other outlets has been forced to familiarize yourself with trump world do you think trump wrote those tweets um oh his truth social posts recently? yeah the ones calling for the arrest and the riots and all that oh good question um, the, one, the ones where he's calling for protests, right? The ones from over the over the, the weekend. yeah that 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 run on like Sunday Monday. You know what? Honestly, I didn't even consider that it wouldn't have been him. I do think I do think it, he may he probably did. He may have had a little help. You're right that like now that I look back at it syntactically, it's a little different. But I do I think he probably did. It's pretty all capsy, which it means usually generally it's him. But I have like a, you know, I wish I have like a PhD in like trying to figure out which of these is like Dan Scavino. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I've, you know, this might be a test that I've failed. Do you think Word, it was a couple of uh, the words misspelled and stuff too? That's usually a. a yeah, a stolen S T O L L E N. That's yeah. it. So my, so my thought on like, did Trump write them or not? I'm leaning toward no, that he didn't write them. Why though? Like, why, why wouldn't it be him? Like that's the most Trump. No, it's not probable deniability. I like. I think Trump is not interested in probable deniability. I think what he's interested (laughs) in is like the base is like getting them fired up. And I think, I mean, I legitimately think Trump doesn't have that kind of juice. And yeah, Scavino is a like obviously the first guy you would look at. But 
Like, we know that Bannon is in Europe. We know that Gorka isn't involved with Trump right now. So for me, it's about, like, what kind of weird little creep that we already know about is sort of in his orbit, is his worm tongue right now. And, like, we haven't heard fucking anything from Stephen Miller. And I kind of wonder... To what degree is Trump putting this in, uh, the, these posts out versus, like, what are the goals of Trump's team? Do they want him to run from jail or do they want him <laughs> to run as the real based guy instead of Ron DeSantis being the based guy? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I don't know who's around because, like, I think who was around when he did the the Nick Fuentes meeting is probably different now. I think he clearly saw yeah, that. Yeah. He really couldn't go all the way down that path. Um, and I also do think if you read um, the people who are generally the access people around him, um, you know, at the times and stuff, you can see that there are, there are, there are of two minds with this. He thinks it's all a big, you know, charade and a game where he goes and gets booked and does, you know, gets perp walked and he wants to be handcuffed and all this stuff. These are the things that he's saying. Uh, internally, but that's also a really dangerous game. So like the people who are around him who realize, you know, optically that might make you look cool uh, to like the hard, most hardcore parts of your base might make you look victimized. At the end of the day, it's really hard to vote for a guy whose last mental picture is him in handcuffs. Right. So that like, it's, I don't know really who is, um, I don't know who's the wheel in terms of guidance at this point, but it may just be pure aid. I mean, really the way he's leaning into it recently, it seems like it's more him than anybody else. Because I know like a, I know a definitive non-Trump post when I see one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, these recent ones where he's just like telling people to protest, that sounds sounds pretty on the nose. So yeah, yeah, every, that's why... everything I've seen from his Truth Social recently has been like peak Donald Trump, like his attacks on, on Ron DeSantis, his his posts like like for the past few I mean, days he about him the a gay pedophile or he implied <laughs> excuse me he did imply that yeah. and then he called him like rob or something today i don't know it, <laughs> honestly getting someone's name wrong is a classic bully move and i respect that so hard yeah like this is that's why i think all of this has to be trump right like it's just all pe- like perfectly as deranged as you would expect from this guy yeah i, I also think I, by the way the rob thing is that's it's a good bit I think that, that. Um, and I do think like people are thinking he's going to like settle on one name for him. I mean, if he's all over the place, it's much funnier. Like if he's just like Rob, <laughs> Rob, De, Rob to Sanctimonious, and then if like, Ron gets down to like just a beach or a ball or something like there's a lot of variations you can work with here. Um, it's I, it's I, gotta I, be, it's yeah. gotta be meatball, Rob, the sand, <laughs> can synthesize. the sandwich. We Meatball, can synthesize these. Raw, which is a good a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Donald Trump, we got it for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they should re- going back to the uh, housekeeping episode, they the Re- Republicans really should hire us to do some work for them. <laughs> we we could really help their propaganda. And arm. frankly, and frankly, we're available. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't take that much money. <laughs> I do think uh, uh, by the way, I I, I want to this is kind of a hot take and this is a good place for it probably, but I think there are times where if, you, if it really is just him and DeSantis, 
I think he's going to, Trump is going to come off as relatively socially moderate about some of this stuff that he just doesn't care about because he's very focused on his own personal stuff and January 6th and all these things. And, um, and, you know, the deep state and all this stuff. And he's going to go up there and Ron DeSantis is going to be talking about like wokeness and trans people. He's going to be like, yeah, sounds bad. Anyways, so uh, the <laughs> political persecution. Also, he's going to go in a completely direction. And <laughs> it might like defang the power of that sort of thing. Um, but we're a ways away, obviously. And it's also so, you know, it's even yeah, worse if he's in jail when he's doing it. So. Yeah, I mean, Ben, for me, it's like. And I'm sorry, you know, I introed this with a three-minute intro about cats, but I'm going to ask a serious <laughs> question. Um, for me, it's a really weird balancing act between Trump and DeSantis, where, and and I've been watching them, you know, the different speeches and stuff they've given the past week, and DeSantis being like, well, that may be true if you pay off a porn star for hush money, but I've never done that, and then... Trump is like, well, maybe he's gay or whatever. But like, <laughs> when I watch these guys do this stuff, for me, I'm kind of like, Ron DeSantis does not know what the normies like. And Trump has, no has made a career out of knowing what the normies <laughs> like. Right. And... It's hard for me to watch Ron DeSantis make like the flags where he signed a gas oven where like 1% of gas or 1% of like ovens in Florida are gas. And it's like Ron is chasing this like petty culture war bullshit. But Trump is Trump is on the polls. Uh, you say that. I would say he is good at exactly one thing. <laughs> and it is knowing what people like like it's not a finger on the pulse he just knows what will get a response and for all the juice that ron DeSantis has he should not leave florida i think national politics is a fucking mistake for him he is cooking the press pool in florida why would he want to go to washington with real journalists why would he ever <laughs> want to do that uh are, are there um, but, <laughs> maybe, ben, maybe a couple maybe like yeah, one ben, or two Ben no the answer is no there are not <laughs> but the point is that there are people who pretend to be real journalists that may ask him questions and I don't think Ron is going to pick somebody that can really do the shit he needs to get done well, part of the issue with, with Ron DeSantis is like he has been the primary projection vehicle for not Trump for two years right Mm -hmm. And then he's going to have to show up in the flesh and be a human political candidate. Uh, and that's going to be an issue because sometimes there are, you know, the base is divided on various different issues and how vociferously they should be into various different issues. Um, for example, like I, a lot of his base is anti-vax, but a lot of these people got like took the vaccine and don't want to be told like some of the insane anti-vax stuff that's going out there. Like I'm doing a, Longer story on Died Suddenly, which is this big anti-vax documentary right now. Oh yeah, I'm fascinated yeah. by that. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna read that. I've been watching wait, 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 wait. Died Suddenly for like months now. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. Like ben, are you doing it on the are you doing on the hashtags or on the specific documentary? On the movie that it's on the movie. And also okay. like people around it, right? But like a big part of it right now is people aren't dying, right? People are not. <laughs> they're just not dying. They're not dying of the vaccine, it's not happening. And the videos that they have for these things, this is a big part of what the story is about. Pretty much everybody in died suddenly who like died is alive. And I just went to talk. 
So it was like, it's not, it's not hard to find those people. Oh my God. But because of that, they are like shifting to weird stuff. So there's this guy, Stu Peters, who's his name is, his name is actually Stu Peters, which is going to be funny in a second. Once you figure out, uh, uh, what the story is about, he is uh, the producer of Died Suddenly, and he has recently shifted to saying that um, people who got the vaccine, their their penises are rotting off of their bodies because the people are not croaking. So he's saying Jesus. that they are just rotting off. Like that's the terminology he's been using. And I'm so pretty you're, sure we would have heard about this. So I'm you're just, telling me, you're telling me. That in my early 30s, my penis should not be rotting off. <laughs> oh, yeah, we probably should have talked about that. Is anybody's penis? <laughs> that's, the, um, that, that's the issue, though, right? Is that like half of the base thinks if you got the vaccine, you got your penis is rotting off. And the other half of the base got the vaccine, so they go to work. And they don't want to be like, you know, the penis rotting off guy. And once he has to take an actual lane there, it's really hard to split that difference. And I don't know how like Ron DeSantis can do it. And Trump, you know, whether you like him or not, uh, as a as, as a Republican, um, you you at least know where he stands in the vaccine stuff. He's like, you know, I it was my vaccine, all this stuff. And he's not gonna try to pander, he's just already out there with a formed message on it. Yeah, that's actually a really good, interesting point because you'd think that, especially because a lot of the base is anti-vax. Trump has never specifically been anti-vax. Um, yeah. I did, I did want to read this um, Truth Social post actually tr that Trump made addressing Ron DeSantis. If you don't mind me reading this really quick, just because oh, we're talking please, about yeah. Truth Social and their feud currently. So, so Trump posted this about three hours ago. Now that Ron DeSanctimonious is finally admitting that he's in the race by beginning to fight back, and now that his polls have crashed so he has no other choice, let me explain the facts. He is, for a Republican, an average governor. He got 1.2 million less votes in Florida than me. He fought for massive cuts in Social, social Security and Medicare and wanted Social Security minimum age to be raised to 70 years old or more. He is a disciple of Paul Ryan and did whatever Ryan told him to do. Florida has been su successful for many years, long before I put Ron there. It's amazing what ocean and sunshine will do. <laughs> uh, surprise, Ron was a big lockdown governor on the China virus. That's always one thing he, he goes in on, though, is the China virus, of course. Um, he sealed all the beaches. Um, was the third worst in the nation for COVID deaths third worst for total number of cases at 7.5 million and other Republicans did much better. Um, Trump is saying here, um, there, there's a lot more to this, but basically Trump is like really going in on a lot of like really specific issues, like the, the social security age. I just don't think Ron DeSantis has the, the juice at all for any of these attacks. <laughs> yeah. And you can see a formed, like that's a fully formed thought, right? Yeah. I was the president. I made this vaccine. The vaccine's good. Uh, China did this to us. And a bunch of cowardly governors tried to make everyone wear masks and um, uh, close down all the stores so you couldn't go to church and you couldn't, uh, you know, you couldn't go to the like the Florida State game. Very easy message from Donald Trump. Whereas DeSantis is <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's China's fault and the vaccine is good, but it's also bad. But I made people get it. But also it's just like it's too convoluted right now. Yeah, um, and then he'll tie it to like trans people somehow. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. It has to come back to the culture war somehow. Uh -huh. So that's the um that that's why I think it's a little bit 
like, I think people are overthinking some stuff because uh, Donald Trump is a world known celebrity whose face is probably like the most recognizable face in the world. And <laughs> Ron DeSantis is as of right now, some guy who uh, a lot of people have a lot of hopes riding on him being a specific person with specific thoughts. And they're not necessarily all um, one through line coherent ideology yet. Yeah. To me, it's like, it's, it's this cycles or he, I, I feel like he's going to be this cycles like a Jeb Bush where there's like a lot of like establishment type Republicans that don't really like Trump kind of projecting their, their desire for like, and what of course in their minds is not reality, but like a reasonable Republican. I, I think that's kind of what they're hoping he'll be. Yeah. I think At least so that's my take on it. Is, yeah. That's where the polling is like, is heading towards like Trump is really ramping up in the polls recently, which is fascinating considering uh, what his next like two months will probably look like, which seems like just tons, like a mountain of legal trouble. So uh, we are in for a wild ride. It was a completely different. This is the first time in our lifetime we're going to be going through um, maybe a guy headed to jail who is in, up in the polls. Yeah. So. That actually, I want to yeah focus on that again really quick. So I feel like most people don't actually know why he's going to be going to jail. I guess like, do, yeah. do you, why is he like being targeted right now? Why is it, well targeted implies maybe it's not deserved, sure, yeah. but There's why is he yeah possibly going to jail? There's several different cases. The first one is the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels, the porn star he had uh, an affair with and paid off through Michael Cohen through a slush fund. Um, Michael Cohen previously already went to jail for this and then, you know, turned on Trump in the process. Um, he's pretty standard resistance live guy now, as you probably know. <laughs> um, but while he was, that happened while he, while Donald Trump was in office and there is some legal theory that makes it seem like you can't uh, indict a sitting president. So that's all happening now. And that's happening in uh, Manhattan, the Manhattan DA uh, would be the person who brings charges, Alvin Bragg. So that's that's New York. That's one thing. Those are criminal charges. And then there's also another thing in New York where uh, court was evacuated yesterday, on Tuesday, uh, because uh, Tish James, the uh, New York State Attorney General, is suing the Trump Organization for $250 million. So that's another thing he has. And then probably the biggest, everyone seems to think the biggest legal trouble that he's in is in Georgia, for what he did after the election and trying to overturn the election. And allegedly there are RICO, uh, which is basically organized crime and racketeering charges in uh, Fulton County, Georgia, brought by that prosecutor. Um, and the grand jury is already out. They're just trying to figure out like when to drop those charges, when that's gonna happen. And allegedly those are coming in the next few weeks. Those are very, very serious. And like, I, I think people can easily make jokes about the Stormy Daniels thing and all this stuff. Like, it's a crime, but it seems like, you know, it happened seven years ago. All these things are, it's, it's so long ago, right? The RICO stuff is real serious. If um, it is a thing uh, that is they, something they can prove with documents and, phone calls and all that stuff, which allegedly they have. And then on top of that, there is <laughs> Jack Smith, who is uh, the special prosecutor, basically, for the government, the DOJ, who's looking into everything else, basically, everything involving January 6th and everything around um, the, the stolen election stuff. 
uh, which who even knows when that's going to end or what's going to happen with that. That guy's like a big seat. I don't know if you've seen a picture of Jack Smith, but he looks like the most AI generated dude I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Does he have six fingers? Does he have like seven we, fingers or something too? I would love to see <laughs> if he has six fingers because I've, I've never seen a picture of his hands. Let's just put it that way. There's, I've never seen it. He might not be real. That Maybe that's part of the conspiracy. It's it's so weird. He, there's something very uncanny valley about the guy and the fact that his name is Jack Smith. Like <laughs> that doesn't really exist. I mean, it just it, it did. This person does not exist.com like three times. Like, that's good enough. Uh, you so know, yeah, my dad, a, there's your legal trouble. A, a my dad, on the internet and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was once tight with a guy named Jack Smith and he ran the office, um, fantasy football pool. And, uh, he also had a side hustle <laughs> where he was, uh, like licensing vending machines to different small businesses <laughs> like pizza parlors, ice skating rinks, that kind of thing. And my Do you think dad, it's the same Jack Smith? My dad once said to him, bro, your name's Jack Smith and you run all the gambling stuff in the office. Are you like a like in witness protection from the like mafia? And the guy was like, No, that's crazy. <laughs> There's no such thing as the mafia. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's awesome. So shout out to any Jack Smiths out there for your uh, various crimes. We love you for it. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of name that uh, in Breaking Bad, Bad, the last season, that's like one of the names that you get when you try to disappear yourself yes. at that uh, that vacuum store. I do recommend Googling though. And he's also like in every picture they have, he's wearing some sort of like purple robe. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to look him up right now. I don't know if I've ever seen him. He is. Uh, it's really weird. You'll, you'll see immediately. You're like, this guy's not real. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It's like, I, I, I'm, it's, I'm probably saying something like really offensive right now by not knowing what the purple robe is. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. This guy, <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. It's kind of uncanny. Yeah. It, it's just, What's especially weird is I feel like he hasn't gotten any play in like liberal media circles. And like, you know, like when these types of people get play like Robert Mueller or like um, Fauci, it's like everyone's like sting after them. And it's like every every lib accounts like like pining after this person posting about how they're going to save the world. I haven't seen that for this guy. Like Jack Smith. She wrote podcast. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, Stephen Colbert yeah. has uh, has compared him to General Zod from Superman Two. So that's what oh we've my got God. going on. Oh God! <laughs> it's uh, not sorry. totally wrong. I was gonna say he bears a strong resemblance to General Zod. This guy, <laughs> especially in this old picture, I'm gonna post it in the chat here with him with all the rings. He's wearing like eight rings. Bro, lose three of those rings, and we'll take you seriously. It seems like the it uh, seems like the Late Show folks have been making jokes about him. Uh, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel says uh, he looks like a guy who'd sentenced Chewbacca to death, which I don't understand as a joke, really. Yeah, but yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. He does have a very stern look about him. Um, he does. I see the rings now that you're talking about. <laughs> how many rings does one man need? Yeah. One must surely think three is the maximum. <laughs> I, I do have a question though about like, there's a disconnect for me that I don't totally understand. So Donald Trump seems to be he seems to be like s- still beating everybody handily in the polls, right? And, um, and 
in spite of sort of like mainstream Republican support for DeSantis, it doesn't seem like he's really getting a lot of traction. But what I don't understand is like, if that's the case, where are the fervent supporters? Is it just the ones that are willing to go out and cause a ruckus? Is it just their fear of another January 6th? Because... Yeah, yeah. So, um, I always, there's a professional wrestling term called working yourselves into a shoot. It's like, you know, getting high on your own supply. Mm. The, I think these people are so addicted to these conspiracy theories that, like, that everything is a Fed trap. And you, like, you're, if you show support for Trump in public, like if you're in a big city... They're going to throw you into a big white van or something. I really do think that's a big part of it. They, you know, it's really hard for them to organize. I've been to a bunch of these different, you know, pro-Trump things. And if it's marketed as pro-Trump or pro-January 6th or something, people don't show up. But if it's an anti-trans protest or something, or if it's an like even a drag queen story hour protest, that gets a lot more people willingly standing next to the proud boys even but how do you um, how do you but then that like begs the question how do you get the public support for someone to actually win the presidency if you can't get anybody to show up at any of their rallies i i dude i, I don't know the answer to that question i think like they have a, a, a really good guess here would be his next um rally at waco he has a big rally scheduled for waco he's gonna talk about all this stuff we're going to see what happens. So people do kind of go to his rallies still. Uh, it's less so. It's more of like a barnstorming thing than an actual political event now. It's more of like a, you know, it, it has this very old-timey feel. Not as many people show up. But it, it has to be on their own terms in their own, you know, in their own like sort of rural areas and stuff like that too. This it's this guy has a lot of soft support and he has a, he has celebrity, right? And he, he has a... I think people have a memory of the country. some people in, especially in the middle of the country have a memory of this country pre pandemic. That seems idyllic because it was pre pandemic. And I think there's a lot of support for um, that because it's, although it's removed from history and cause and all of those other things, um, people will in their brains, maybe just associate with like, you know, a $3 instead of an $8 box of Oreos. <laughs> with Donald Trump. And I think that, you know, he was the last guy to have that. And until he's actually perp walked, they won't have this, you know, he's gotten away with everything so far. They're not going to think that he's, uh, they're just going to continue to think he's Teflon. So you, so you see power in the perp walk. You see that as a breaking point for not all of his supporters, of course, but that critical mass that could win him an election in 24. I think with his supporters, there are supporters who want that to like, you know, to make him look like he is this victim of law enforcement. And they want this as proof that all along he's been targeted by law enforcement, all this stuff. And um, they're going to simplify the narrative to be like, regardless of what happens in Georgia, they're just going to say like, oh, this is all over, you know, the time he had sex with the porn star. So that's that's and they they it's in in their world that whole thing where they are um, using a perp walk as positive political propaganda that's going to happen in, in the Trump world. Yeah, but I think in generally in like the actual like in the larger populace, people are going to say that and be like, "Yikes!" Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if he knows that. I just I, I think he thinks since everything to him is like a victim narrative, that kind of 
turns back towards things were stolen from me. I never really had a chance to do anything. You know, everyone hates me. Um, that feeds that, but it does not feed his general electoral chances. Yeah, that's kind of been my take with with this the whole time where it's like, I, I do think if he does get arrested, does the perp walk, you know, the whole thing, I think that will really launch. I mean, his polls have been increasing for the last like two months or so. Um, but I think that'll, I, th- I think him doing the perp walk be like doing that narrative, the victim narrative. Um, I think that'll pretty much guarantee that he wins the primary. I really, I really do believe that. I think, I think if they arrest him, he will be the nominee, but I, I think it's even more over for him in the general election, like throw him up against any Democrat, he would probably lose. I think that is a perfect place to stop the free episode. If you would like to hear myself, Juniper, Caleb, and a senior reporter at NBC News speculate wildly about Trump's next four years, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, My name is Wack Nicholson. I'm joined by Juniper, Caleb, Ben, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at one underscore with two underscores after it. Uh, I It was a great bit when I wrote it down. And ever since I've had to say it out loud, it's been a really rough ride. <laughs> so okay, just so to clarify, it's, it's, it's it. the words one the words underscore. One underscore with two actual underscores. <laughs> at the beginning or end? Oh, they're at the end. They're at the end. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Follow me at Wack Nicholson. Follow our podcast at Western Kabuki. Follow my beautiful co-hosts at Juniper. But replace that I with a lowercase L and Caleb at the bird respecter. Thank you for listening. We love you. And we would love you a little bit more if you paid us $5 to hear Ben <laughs> really go off the rails, really, really test the limits of that opinions are my own in his bio. <laughs> We're going to um, get him fired at NBC. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. I, I have some pink dinner right at the ready. So let's do- All right, let's fucking go. <laughs> All right. So yep. thank you so much for listening. We'll see you behind the paywall.